Amen. Well, uh, he mentioned the CDs. I'll mention this. Uh, we're in the midst of making a new one. That was part of the reason why we couldn't leave until 10.30 last night. The guy who's making our tracks, he's making them this coming Wednesday, and he said, he said, Mark, I need those tracks. I need those demos. He needs song demos, see how we do them, and so then they know how to do them. And uh, I said, I'll get them to you, I'll get them to you, and then I got looking at the calendar and thinking, if I don't do them today, I'm not going to have any time to do them. So we stay till 1030 to do that. So uh, you can feel sorry for the kids. Don't feel sorry for me. I just got lazy and didn't do it. And uh, you can be mad at me. Feel sorry for them. Um, uh, ben, I did not make Benjamin make this trip. Uh, I asked him if he could. And, uh, and he said, I can do it, Dad. And I appreciate Ben being here. And uh, he's... Uh, He's an important cog in the wheel, and so uh, appreciate him being here and appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, I just want to take a few minutes tonight, look in the Word of God, Romans chapter 4, and uh, the CDs, the pastor mentioned the CDs, they are $10 each, we take them, uh, U.S., uh, Canadian, doesn't matter. Um, I will say this about the CDs, <clears throat> all of the uh, profit from the CDs goes to the kids, they they work for them, and uh, they they uh, so that's that's their pay, and so uh, uh, sometimes people like to know that, and uh, we keep back apart so that we can resupply and make new ones, but all the profit goes to them. So if you want to be a blessing to them, pick up a CD or two or three. Uh, some people celebrate Christmas in July. I know it's August, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> They can make good Christmas gifts, whatever. But uh, we do appreciate the opportunity to be here. Romans chapter 4, and you've been seated a while. Why don't you stand with me if you're able? Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says this, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory but not before God. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. We'll stop reading right there. And I want to focus in on the conversion of Abraham tonight. The conversion of Abraham and what the Bible has to say about the time when, particularly, when Abraham was justified in the eyes of God, when he was converted. We would call it these days being born again. When was he saved? And uh, let's look at the scripture, and I believe there'll be something in here tonight that will help us and challenge us. 
So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you for your precious word. Lord, it sure is good to have one book in this world that we don't have to wonder whether it's true or not. God, thank you for preserving your word for us in this precious old King James Bible. And Lord, I pray that tonight as we look into it, we look at the life of Abraham just for a few minutes tonight, God, that you would help us not only to look at Abraham's life, but God, I pray that as we look into this mirror that is your word, that we'll look into our lives as well. And Lord, as we see the time in Abraham's life that he was converted, I pray, Lord, that we would see in our own lives the time of our conversion. And Lord, if perchance someone looks at their own life as they look at the mirror of God's word and they do not see a time of conversion, a time of salvation, God, I pray that you would convict their heart and Lord, draw them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for what you do in our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'm not gonna take a lot of time to develop this passage, but just very clearly from this passage, we find that Abraham, even though he lived in the Old Testament times, Abraham was not justified, that is to be declared righteous, in the eyes of God by his works. He was declared righteous in the eyes of God when he placed faith in what God had told him. Amen? And listen, we know the Bible teaches in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm of the belief that there's not going to be one person in heaven who's, a, who's going to look over at me and say, Mark, you know what? I got here by my own works. I don't believe there's going to be one person in heaven that'll be able to say they worked their way to heaven. My friend, we're saved by the grace of God when we, when we uh, place our faith in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. When we look at the life of Abraham and we look at this passage, the Bible says in verse 3, for what saith the scripture? And you know, that's all that really matters. Amen? What saith the scripture? Everybody's got an opinion today and everybody's got a platform today thanks to social media. But it doesn't matter what everybody else says. The only thing that matters is what God says. What saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That is, when Abraham trusted God, God gave to him his gift of righteousness. The Bible uh, here in Romans chapter 4 is quoting a previous passage. If you, have a, uh, if you have a Bible with notes in it or center column reference or references on the outside of the column, you'll probably find this reference next to this passage, Genesis chapter 15. 
Let's turn there, okay? Genesis chapter 15. I really just have this one thought I want us to look at tonight, and it will not take me long, but I want you to really pay attention. And, and I promise you, if you will pay attention tonight, I will be brief. Uh, but the message is important tonight, and so let's give our focus here to God's word. Genesis chapter 15, and in verse 1, the Bible says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, don't get confused just because he's called Abraham in Romans chapter 4 and Abram here in Genesis 15. This is the same man. The Lord is later going to change his name from Abram to Abraham. And so the Lord appears to him. He says, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. See, God had previously promised Abram a seed, and that his descendants would multiply. Now Abram's an old man, and he's starting to lose hope and uh, he's starting to try to figure things out on his own you ever been there god will give you something and you say well that's good but after a while you get tired of waiting and so you just oh, well let me help this along here and that's what abraham is doing uh, he's saying well maybe the lord just meant that eliezer my servant was going to be adopted as my son and become my heir but verse 4, the Bible says, Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now you know what? Man still has not been able to number the stars. Did you know that? A few times they thought they've got them all numbered, and then they found out they were wrong. And God tells, tells Abram, look at the stars and see if you can number them. He said, so shall thy seed be. Look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord. And he, that is God, counted it to him for righteousness. This is the quote from Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 is telling us how Abram was converted. How he was given the righteousness of God. And my friend, that is what you lack from getting from this world to heaven. The only way you get into heaven is by being righteous enough to be granted entrance into heaven. And the fact of the matter is, though your righteousness may be greater than the person sitting next to you, maybe even greater than the person standing up here preaching to you, it's not as good as Jesus. And he's the standard. So if you're not as good as Jesus, that means your righteousness can't get you into heaven. 
But Jesus' righteousness can get you into heaven. Amen? And his righteousness is so great that all who call upon him, he will grant the gift of his righteousness, and that righteousness gets you into heaven. It gets your sins forgiven, and it gets you in a relationship with God. This is the point in Abram's life where he is converted. This is where Abram has saving faith in the Lord. It's very clear from scripture. Romans 4 uh, confirms this is where Abram was converted. Now, as I got looking at this and pondering this, pastor, it really kind of threw me for a loop. Because this is not the beginning of Abram's story. Hello? Genesis 15 is not where we begin reading about Abram. You have to go back to Genesis chapter 11. And turn back there with me if you will. I'm just going to be a few more minutes. If, if, you, if you zone out here, you're going to miss it. In Genesis 11, we're introduced to Abram in a genealogy. And, and at the end of the genealogy, verse 31, it says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, uh, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. Why did they do that? Chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And then he gives him his promise in verses two and three, his promise of making him a great nation, blessing him, making his name great, making him a blessing, and blessing them that bless him, and cursing them that curse him. The Bible says, and in thee, shall all families of the earth be blessed. We know that is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, Abram, I've got a great plan for your life. And the Bible says that Abram had heard the voice of God, and that's why Abram left Ur of the Chaldees. Say, so what does that matter? Hang on to that, Okay. So prior to chapter 15, we have God calling Abram and Abram responding at least in part, in partial obedience. God had told Abram what? Get out from thy country and from thy kindred. Well, he got the country part done, but he didn't get the kindred part done, did he? He took a few of them along but he at least practiced partial obedience to the Lord. Are you listening? Then we find him going through the land of Canaan. He's following God's direction. God is giving him promises of a future hope for his family and for his lineage we find here in Abram's life, and I'm, I'm going to jump ahead to, to chapter 13. Well, to the end of chapter 12, we find the Lord protecting Abram and his family, 
from Pharaoh. In chapter 13, look, look, at the, look what we read about Abram. Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. Where did he get that? It's not a trick question, amen. Who blessed him with that? God did. God was blessing Abram. God was protecting Abram. God was speaking to Abram. Look at verse three. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel. Now listen, if anybody ought to know what the name Bethel means, this church should know what the name Bethel means. What does it mean? House of God, very good. Well, he was quick with that too because he knew everybody's gonna say the same thing. House of God, get out there quick. Bethel means the house of God. Abram was going to the house of God. Abram at the house of God, the Bible says under the Bethel, under the place where his tent had been at the beginning. He lived there. You ever meet those kind of people They just live at the church? I'm one of them kind of people. Amen? Something going on at church, I want to be there. I want to be right in the middle of it. Amen? That's the way it ought to be. It's a good thing, isn't it? What else is there? You find in verse 4 that he's built an altar. What is the altar? The altar is a place where you meet with God. Altar is a place of sacrifice to God. So Abram, at this point in his life, listen very carefully, he's heard God's voice, he's obeyed God's voice, he's been protected by God, he's been blessed by God, he's going to God's house, he's building an altar. The end of that verse, it talks about him calling on the Lord. Now, you know what? I'll just be honest with you. If, if Romans chapter 4 was not in the Bible, I would put this right here, the spot where Abram got converted. I would. If not, chapter 12. Come on. Because it says there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And what is that? Automatically we think of Romans 10, 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yet Romans chapter 4 tells us he's still not saved here. Come on. We're in the Bible. He, later in chapter 13, he separates from Lot. He's separating from the worldly. He's choosing the right path instead of choosing the ways of Egypt. Right? In chapter 14, you find him fighting uh, to, to, uh, to save Lot. By this time, Lot is in Sodom. He saves Sodom. Sodom is taken in war and he saves Sodom in order to save Lot. And at the end, the king of Sodom says, hey, you take all the goods. You just give me the people. You're the reason why we're saved. And so you take whatever you want. And you know what Abram said? 
I don't want anything you have. He said, I don't want it to be said that Sodom made Abram rich. Don't get nervous. It's in the Bible. The Bible still stands against sodomy. So you know what country you're in? I know exactly what country I'm in. But the time that we say that we're not going to preach the Bible, that's when we've lost the battle. There's a lot of other sins in the Bible, and all of them need to be preached against. Amen? Not picking on this one in particular, but I am saying, Abram said, I don't want what you have to offer. He's taking a stand for truth and righteousness here, but he still doesn't have saving faith in God. He has some faith, but he doesn't have saving faith. It's not until chapter 15 that he has that. By the way, there's something else he's doing in chapter 14. He's tithing. I have to mention that. I'm a Baptist preacher. Amen? I've got both of them down now. I talked about chicken and I talked about tithing. Amen? He's doing all of these things. Are you following tonight? These are all the things that Abram is doing, and yet Abram still has not placed saving faith in God. Now, here's my message. It's very simple tonight. We would all look at Abram's life before Genesis 15, and we would say what a fine, in our terminology today, we'd say what a fine Christian man he is. Wouldn't we? He's doing all the right things. He's making all the right choices for the most part. A few messed up choices in there, but don't we all make wrong choices from time to time? Overall, we would look at Abram's life and say, boy, that man knows God. And yet that man did not know God on a personal level. You know what my burden is? As we travel, we go from church to church. My burden is that there are many people in churches and they are playing the part. And if you were to examine their lives, you, you, you wouldn't be able to put your finger on anything in their life and say, see, he needs to get saved. She needs to get born again. We wouldn't be able to do that because they're living good lives but they've never met Jesus. They've heard a lot about him, but they've never trusted Christ to save them. We're in a revival meeting. It was a church's anniversary meeting. I think it's been three weeks now ago. We had several come to the the services. Among them, we had several pastors from the area visit the services. And on Thursday night, God was doing something unusual in that service, I could tell, as I stood to preach. I could feel the Spirit of God at work in our midst. 
You know what I'm saying? We know he's always here. He promised where two or three are gathered. I'm there in the midst, but sometimes you can just sense his presence. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something was going on. The next morning, we were actually staying at the church where one of the visiting pastors, pastors. And went down to his house. He lives in the parsonage there on the property. And Ben had a car and had a, he's got a car and he had a little hole in his tire. So we're going to go down there and try to repair it. Went down there talking with him. He said, uh, hey, about last night. I said, yeah. He said, um, listen, at the invitation last night, this is a pastor talking to me. He said, at the invitation last night, I got saved. Baptist pastor. The shock on my face was... I'm sure, very noticeable. I couldn't believe it. He's a friend of mine. Very sincere type man. This is what he said to me. He said, while you were preaching last night, the Spirit of God showed me it was all in my head and it wasn't in my heart. Now listen, tonight, I'm not trying to make you doubt but I want to make you think. And I want to make you look back to a time in your life. Can you say for sure tonight, I remember when Christ moved in. I remember when I was born again. You may not know a date. It doesn't matter the date. But you remember when it happened. We would look at Abram's life and we would say, wow, what a fine man. But had Abram died before Genesis 15, Abram would be in the same hell as Hitler. Hard to wrap our minds around that, isn't it? You see, it's not what we do or don't do. It's what he did. Are you trusting what Jesus Christ did? I know this may be an unusual message for a Saturday night. But to me, any day is a good day to get born again. What about you tonight? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that we've had as we've thought about your goodness upon us. As we sang the song, What Kind of Man would do all of these things for someone like me. Lord, as we sang that song, I thought about my own personal experience with you, growing up a preacher's kid, knowing the ins and outs and the terminology of salvation, but not knowing you. I thank you, Lord, for that night when I set aside my pride and I set aside my own righteousness and I cast myself upon your son, the Lord Jesus. You saved me, 17 years old, 
Everybody looked at me much like they would look at Abram and say, what a fine young man. What a fine Christian man. And yet I knew that I was missing you. And Lord, I pray that you'd do a work here tonight. There may be someone here tonight in the same position I was in. Maybe the same position the the pastor was in. Or is all in the head and not in the heart. God, speak to that soul tonight. Draw them and save them by your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. We're doing okay. We've got time. The Lord's spoken to your heart tonight. You say, you know what, preacher, that's me. The Spirit of God showed me tonight, that's me. I've got all the facts straight in my head. But I've never trusted Christ 100% for my salvation. And I want to do that tonight. Anyone here tonight? No one looking around. Anyone here tonight? Just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, that's me. The message tonight was for me. Will you pray for me? I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out. I don't even know your name, but I wouldn't even call it if I knew it. Anyone here tonight? Heavenly Father, thank you for the good reception of your word tonight. And Lord, I pray that all hearts would be clear with you tonight before we leave this place. We thank you for the opportunity to be here and we thank you, God, for what you're gonna do in our hearts tomorrow should you give us tomorrow. Help us all to be mindful of the fact that we should not boast ourselves of tomorrow. We don't know what a day may bring forth. And so, God, I pray that each and every one of us would have our hearts right with you tonight especially those who may be here tonight who are unsaved or unsure of their salvation. God, I pray that you would help them to get that settled tonight. We'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor. Let's stand for a minute tonight. Their heads bowed and eyes closed. Piano is going to begin to play. If God has spoke to your heart, the altar is open. It's the same burden I preached last Sunday morning. A lot of people play the game for a long time, but they don't know Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah's day, they said the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Are you sure? At the end of the service last week, somebody came forward and got saved. Growing up in church their whole life, many seeds have been planted in water, but they just never cried out to God in saving faith. I remember my wife, after 12 years of marriage and being a pastor's wife, coming to me on a Sunday morning, telling me she just got saved. I remember Donna Marshall, been a Sunday school teacher for 15 years in our church and walked out one Sunday and accepted Christ. Hey, don't go to hell for anybody. Make sure 
If you doubt at all, listen, if you doubt because of this message or you doubt because somebody says something to you, the devil's going to have a heyday with you. Make sure you know. Make sure you have peace and assurance. The Bible says, These things have I written unto them that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know for sure? up for a moment. We're going to have the a couple. Who takes care of your CD table? A couple of you girls do. Go ahead. Go to your table and uh, folks, the rest of you can go to as well. If you want to go shake hands, that'd be fine. Make sure you stop by and encourage them. Get a CD if you'd like and try to be a help and a blessing to them. We're looking forward to, think about this, all this plus chicken. Amen. That's a good day. So we're looking forward to a great day. Tomorrow morning, choir be in your place. We're singing Jesus Saves, I think, tomorrow. I love that. No, we sang it last week. What are we singing tomorrow? Yeah, it's a good song. I know that. I was looking at the order earlier, and I just slipped my mind. we got some big songs. Well, it's going to be a blessing to you. So come tomorrow. Be in your place. Looking forward to a great day. I hope you invited somebody to come, and uh, it'll be a part of the service and part of the chicken on the ground. So we're looking forward to a good time. So please come, but would you please pray? That's the most important thing. Would you pray tonight? And uh, we'll go ahead and close in prayer tonight. Brother Calvin, would you lead us in prayer? See you tomorrow.